This is KOA Sports. Now, Dave Logan, Big Al, Alfred Williams, and Ryan Edwards. All right, here we go. Welcome to KOA Sports. Dave Logan, Alfred Williams, Ryan Edwards, 56690 is our KOA Common Spirit Health text line. We'd love to hear from you there. So much to get to over the next three hours as we... uh, as you all probably know right now, the Rockies have gotten to three-digit, triple-digit losses. And uh, now, for the first time in franchise history, at 100 as of last night, Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Broncos back at it today, practice, trying to turn the page. Uh, we'll talk, we'll see you, all those kinds of things. Dave, how are you? Good to see you, fellas. I am, uh, as we like to say at this time of the year, living a dream. Even if you're not living a dream... I'm going with that statement. <laughs> How are you doing, Al? I'm doing well, man. You know, just uh, excited about all the uh, the news that is happening around uh, sports right now. I mean, are those that, prime glasses? Let me ask you. They are. What are, 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 are those, Coach prime? prime? They are not. They are not. They look not no. officially. How did you know, Ryan? Well, because his are they're more boxy, a little more so I, square. I like, I, I like those act, though. Yeah, these actually have like readers at the bottom of them. So do they really? Oh, yes. Nice. Yeah. I what, mean, what? 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 Just out of curiosity, what brand is that? I, don't, I have no idea. I went right. to. Uh, I like those. Uh, got them out of uh, Cabo last year, and I was like, oh, these, okay. these, these are sweet. I'm yeah, keeping them. Those are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe, man. Yeah. I like it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. I like it. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with the Rockies, fellas. Uh, tough, tough one last night. By the way, congrats uh, to you and Ben, both taking the over and the Dodgers. Uh, you guys went 2-0 last night. I got back in the chase, Ryan. Got back in it. Yes, back you did. Back in the weekly chase. Yes, you did it. But uh, just uh, from a, I guess, a historical perspective, uh, you've seen the Rockies for many, many years out here. Uh, they'd always avoided the dreaded triple-digit loss column, and uh, unfortunately, that happened this year. Yeah, listen, I, you know, I mean, I got to be honest about it, and I love baseball. I was here yesterday uh, as I come in every day about this time, doing this hour, then head back to school to coach. <laughs> and I didn't even realize the Rockies were on. And I'm thinking, damn, I love baseball. Didn't even didn't even know that mm. I wasn't supposed to be here. So you, you sort of saw this coming. Um, I didn't see it coming at the start of the year. In fact, I took the over, which was 65 wins mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas. But... You know, with the injuries they've had and, and especially to the starting staff, this thing was pretty much doomed from about, uh, you know, May on. So I, I don't know. Do they make, are they going to make changes? Did they make changes in the front office? The, the Rockies have not done that very much in the history of the organization. I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't expect many changes. I think that they're going to look at it in terms of their youth. They're going to say, let's build on this. Let's hope we get some they better luck with injuries. They do young players. Yeah, and they're, they're going to say, hey, let's." we had some really brutal bros, blows this year. You had Herman Marquez get hurt right away. Yeah. You had a couple of guys in your farm system need Tommy John. So maybe the way the Rockies ultimately look at it is we had some ba- bad breaks, right? We had some bad bounces I mean, this year. There were six weeks or so, Al, where Austin Gomber, who started the season as the number four starter, was your number one guy. Yeah, I think I think the... I think the hundred loss means that it, well, what it should mean is that we need to really l- take a look at ourselves and see who we are as an organization and are we going in the right direction. I'm not saying that Bud Black is not the right, uh, not the right manager for this team, but you got to wonder if he is the voice that is going to change ideas about 
what a good day is in baseball because I think sometimes just a a change of 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 messaging is needed in sports just so that you can get guys um get, get guys going in the right direction you know it, it's it's so rare for a guy like you i mean you you've been at you you've been at what four schools yeah you've been at four schools right in four schools you've had tremendous success but you have been in four schools yep. <laughs> you know and i've known some great coaches who have uh coached in the same place for a long maybe the most notable tom landry uh, that coached, uh, the long, 29 years. Yeah, 29 years in, in, uh, in, in Dallas or Don Shula, uh, coached a ton, a ton uh, maybe, maybe longer in, uh, Miami. But at the end of their careers, it felt like their messaging would, did not fit the narrative of winning football games. And, and that's just a, that's just the way it goes in sports, you know, like, and I'm not saying that you get worse as a coach. But sometimes the messaging just needs to change. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Bud Black doesn't deserve a chance to come back and, and coach this, this baseball club, but something, something's got to change. I mean, we, we, we made a change and, and, and general manager last year. It looks like a terrible change right now because you lost a hundred for the first time. But once again, you as an organization, do you say that some bad bounces and we're in the midst of a, a bit of a shift to what is going to ultimately be a younger core, right? I mean, and that's and, and you, you sold this year at the deadline, right? Which was good. Yeah, that I mean, was and you good. did what you did what was uh, what was right. That's right. You know, like you know that that's the one thing that they hadn't been doing right for a long right, time. Right. I mean, and 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 I guess this is a result of trading at the deadline. You lose talent. You bring up younger talent. You're gonna lose more, but at the same time, you're not gonna get into the playoffs. So you got to do what's right by the organization. I think one thing that. <laughs> needs to be said i think there and we've talked about this and we go down and for opening day we do the show down there and it's you know we all love baseball and fans are down there and it's always a beautiful day springs eternal Mm -hmm. all you know all the cliches and i get caught up in it too and we have uh dick montford come on and i think i think that um there's a narrative about dick that he doesn't spend the requisite amount on the payroll mm. for for the Rockies to ever be good, and I'm just telling you, for those that That's actually, not true. it is not that, that is, is not just true. fallacious. It's just not true. You should do your homework now. If you want to quibble about, okay, how do they spend the money? If mm-hmm. you want to quibble about them going out and signing Chris Bryant to a six year, whatever hundred and whatever seventy million dollars, okay, I think I think I think we're open for debate. Mm. So how they spend the money is different, but but he's willing to spend the money. But they have not been um, very good at identifying players and then going out and spending the money and having those players come in and deliver. No no fault to Chris Bryant, but he's been hurt seemingly the entire year, two years. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. He was hurt last year, last year as well. So I, you know, I'm about trying to look within the organization. I think Dick is in a extremely loyal man like to a fault and i admire that trait i i, I really do too I, I am i i consider myself a loyal and it's got me in trouble from time to time but i think dick has to push back on this thing and say hey listen i own the club so i'm responsible for making these decisions that i think are in the best interest to get us back to you know, a reasonably good team. And that may mean 
firing some people that you really like personally. There's another thing that I, I think we need to add to that is the this notion that Dick Monfort doesn't care. That oh, is, no, he not, does. Is, yeah. is Absolutely far, cares. far from the truth as Absolutely. possible. And because uh, because what happens is, is when you have so many sustained years of losing, it seems like, well, he mostly just cares about the business side of things. But you, you have even a five minute conversation with Dick Montfort and you know, That's he right. deeply loves baseball. And listen, if he, he only cared about team. money, he could sell this team and make a buttload of profit, like a lot of money. We, I asked him when he was on the show, yeah. uh, was that this year? A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, <laughs> the people out there talk about, um, uh, you know, the possibility of you selling a team. There are some that would advocate you doing that. Would you ever, would you ever consider doing that? And his answer was, and I'm paraphrasing, his answer was, no, I haven't thought about that. He said, you know what? I would, be, I would be just absolutely crushed if I sold it. And then somebody else came in and they started to win. So he wants to win, but he wants to be the owner of a team that wins, which I think, again, he's got to push back and come to the realization that, listen, I like all these people, but I may have to let some people go that I'm really close to. Yeah, I think that, you know, when when you look at this team in general, you have to look at, the management structure and Bill Smith, I think this is year two for him. He was an interim uh, GM and then they made him the full GM last year. I mean, you know, like we just mentioned, there's some things that are happening with the club that are new, that, that are things that should have happened years ago at the deadline and maybe in the, in, 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 maybe in the off season as well. And I'm, I mean, this is his second year with this organization and he did the right thing this year at the trade deadline. Like, I don't know if losing a hundred games means that you need to get a new GM right now, because what's to be expected. I mean, you did, you know, that the team uh, had injuries, you know, that we are suffering from uh, a minor league system that just did not produce for a lot of years. And now it's now it's building back up. Like our minor league system is actually on the rise and things are going the way that they are supposed to do. But once again, you promote it from within. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the, that's the part that you always look at with the Rockies. Like, listen, man, you are promoting from within and you haven't done anything. Like, why do you keep promoting from within from a group that really hasn't uh, provided the, the, the requisite amount of wins necessary to, to do that, to make that move? But once again, our minor league system is way better than it was two years ago before Bill Smith There's got no, to no it. No doubt about that. And, and we have we have young prospects that can um, that can show up and, and and play baseball. And and that's a that's the part that makes me optimistic. Me too. And makes me want to go to spring training next year because we did the right thing for the first time, man. That's the first time we ever did the right thing, right? That's yeah. the first time. Hey, there's a good young core of of players here position yeah. players that I, I think rockies fans can can get excited about to al's point you know i think that i mean if i'm dick monford um i'm i'm going to listen i'm going to inquire i might even, I, I might even interview i want to hear some young uh, aggressive mm. talented people from other teams that may be in a secondary role right now, 
And I want to hear, okay, give me your five-year plan for my team. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that from outside the Rockies bubble. I want to hear what others, it's the same thing that owners of an NFL franchise Mm -hmm. have to do. It's one of the reasons that rarely when you fire a head coach in the NFL, it's very rare that one of his assistants gets promoted to be right, the head coach. Right, right, right. It, it, you just don't do it. Yeah. So I, if I'm Dick, I would, I would strongly say, I mean, I would say if I'm talking to Dick, I'd say, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to identify three people, um, three, three people that have been in baseball for a while that may be in a secondary role, but I want to pick their brain. I want you to give me, give me your three year and five year plan, how you would turn this thing around. And if I like it, if it makes sense to me, I I might just pull the trigger on it. Right. Nothing wrong with having a conversation. If nothing else, you maybe learn something. Be a bit of a sponge, I think, during this time. You hit triple digits for the first time in losses. This should be an opportunity to why. at least explore that. But then very quickly, I just want to follow up on your point. The optics, both externally of promoting from within, and then I think also internally, of, of we're just going to continue to do the things the same way we've been doing them, expecting a different result somehow. So I think that there's an optics version on both ends of that. Gets back can, to my loyalty point. Exactly. It, to a fault, doesn't mean these are bad people, doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing, but they're, they're all the same perspective hoping for different results. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think that when you, are, when you are an owner of a team, you know, like this is, this is like every time I think about um, Dick Monfort selling the team. You know, what I think is, you know, this has been true since I've paid attention to it. The team's going to be worth more next year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The team is going to be worth more in two years. The team is going to be worth more in five years. The team's going to be worth more in 10 years. So why am I selling an appreciating asset? I had a good friend of mine who told me to never sell an appreciating asset because it will pay dividends in the long run. So it, it, you know, like why is it, why doesn't he sell the team? Because it's an appreciating asset and it's never going to be lower than it is right now. Mm-hmm. It never is. So if I was him, I would never sell the team either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until, uh, uh, unless there was a, a, a financial, um, uh, financial fall that warranted the selling of the team. It's a, it's an appreciating asset. It's, it's what his family has worked hard for. And I guarantee you, if it was me, I would not sell this team and he's not going to sell the team, but he has to look at it from a different lens, just from a different lens because it's, uh, it's, it's gotten to the point where it warrants a real microscope when you say a hundred losses. Like we got the 99. And of course, me and my crew were watching it last night and we were like, Hey man, we just need to win this games and, you know, and, and find a way to get through this and not get to a hundred because, you know, we they, all they love, would have but, had to have won the last seven. Right. But, but I mean, everybody, I think everybody has a huge amount of respect for Bud Black. See, that's what it's all about. Right. I, no, mean, I agree. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think everybody involved with it, um, that is a sports fan. They generally like our manager and bud black and i and i think all three of us in the studio do as no well. question so how do you make the requisite changes with having a well-liked manager like bud black at the driving wheel 
I think that's really well said. And uh, I don't think any of us want to see a change there at the manager position. But again, if you're Dick Montfort, I think you have to listen to all possibilities because you've got to find a way to at least lean this thing forward. And I think as we talked to him out there right before the home opener, he was gushing just about all the, the, the talent, the young talent. So, and I remember hearing something from Jack just a couple of days ago, listening to the broadcast and they do just a phenomenal job, Jack and Jerry, but he was saying that this is a young team that needs to learn how to win. And I, and I was thinking about that. Like like, right. I was like, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you got the same manager, but yeah, there's a lot of new faces. They brought up a lot of new but names is the messaging, this year. Is the messaging, does the net messaging need question. to change? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like with the Packers, remember when they moved on from Mike McCarthy, we're like, oh, he's a good coach, but the messaging had gotten stale. They were clearly the, a team that needed somebody else to come in. Matt LaFleur came in and made him a 13 win team right away. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. Didn't skip a beat because they just needed, they needed somebody in there to sort of mix it up a little bit. I hate that about, I hate that about coaching. Um, but you know, it's just organizationally, you just, you just have to, I hate it because it's not like the guy got worse as a coach. It's, right. He's actually gotten better and more seasoning because of the, 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 the different type of situations that he's been put in, right? I mean, it made him a better coach over time than when he started, you know, but, Sometimes you just have to do it because it's just not resonating with the group that you're in front of. But look at Mike Vrabel. Three, three, yeah. three or four years ago, everybody hottest name in coaching talking about Mike Vrabel maybe being the only Bill Belichick protege that was ever going to. Re- I mean, had him deep in the playoffs, had him to the AFC Championship game. Mike Vrabel was one, I think, considered by most NFL people at that point, one of the top five coaches out of 32. He's still Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. He signs his checks, Michael Vrabel. But they can't get out of their own way this right, year in Tennessee. Right. So what happened? Did he lose all of his ability, you know, football-wise IQ? I mean, what happened to him? And that's what happens when... Either the message is stale or you lose a key play. I mean, there's so many variables that go into winning a winning organization, no matter what level it is. And so I, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to make any changes. Buddy Black is a really good baseball man. He, he is. And if anybody out there could say, Hey, this guy is a better manager for this team. We should hire this guy. I'd like him to text us at five, six, six, nine, zero. Cause honestly, I mean, I love, ba- I, I, I don't know. We could debate it. I don't. I don't know who that who that guy would be right now. Either. No, I don't either. Do you say that that comes from? I mean, you, you're talking about a managerial change, and I'm thinking about a general manager change. So am I. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that's that that that's what I'm advocating for. No managerial change. Right. Same. Right. Right. Same. Right. And so when you look at the general manager, the guy that's responsible for putting the groceries. Uh, on, on, on the table before you can make the meal. Um, hey man, <laughs> that, that, that's something that you can, that's something that you gotta take a, take a look at. You but just once went again, he's, Parcells. he's nice. He's, he is the guy, he is the guy. Yeah. Bill Smith is the guy that this belongs to. If you ask me, it's not the manager, right? This, this, you know, this, you're talking about interchangeable. Man, listen, if I take a good player from another team and I drop them into the Colorado Rockies, we don't have to even talk, right? No. The, they know where to throw the ball. 
They know where to, uh, you know, they know what, they know how to field. They know how to catch. Uh, they know how to hit. And you just, it, they don't even need to speak the same language. Yeah. I, right? I don't disagree with you on Bill Schmidt, but he also then, if we're going to, we're going to hold his feet to the fire on that. He should be given some credit exactly. for some of these. There's there's three young cats 100%. playing that are going to be dogs. I mean, they're, they're that's, I mean, Tovar that's saying, and that crew. Right? Yeah, and I'm Jones anxious to see that. That's what I'm saying. So, to so me, you, it always gets back to pitching. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. You got to give him a. You got to give him a, a nice mark for doing the right things, do. right? But this is just his second year, right? Yeah. So this is a quandary that we're in that. Uh, it needs to be figured out. All right, we're off and rolling. Big trade in the NBA today. We'll get to that, plus a retrospect on the 2013 Broncos season. All that coming up next right here on KOA. Benjamin Albright going to join us a little after 4 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on a multitude of things around the league as well as uh, what's being said in the Broncos locker room. Rick Lewis joining us after 5. Get his thoughts on the debacle that was the uh, Dolphins game. But more specifically looking forward to the Chicago Bears game is uh, today it's about turning the page. Uh, Before we get back to the Broncos, though, I do want to ask you guys about this Damian Lillard trade. Uh, Dame Lillard was uh, traded to Milwaukee to the Bucks as part of a three-team deal. Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, uh, some first round picks in part of a swap. I'm gonna try not. I'm gonna try to simplify this as best I possibly can. The Too Phoenix late. Suns. Too late. I know it's already it's already a disaster. <laughs> uh, again, I was told there was no math. Uh, Phoenix. They get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So basically, as this looks, Milwaukee gets. Well, they they get the prize in this whole thing, and Dame Lillard. Uh, then it looks like um, the. Uh, Trailblazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, et cetera, and some picks. And then Phoenix gets Yusuf Nurkic. What do you think? I, I absolutely love the idea that you have two real basketball um, uh, uh, heavyweights in Dame Lillard and the Greek Freak playing together. Like you, you, It's so rare to find guys who make that kind of money who love the game. I mean, absolutely love the game, uh, play together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like we, we always wonder about LeBron and AD. Like, it, does AD really love it as much as LeBron? We know LeBron loves it, right? I mean, uh, you, when you, when you think about the Golden State Warriors, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry love it. You know, Draymond Green loves it. So the idea for me of two guys that absolutely love basketball playing together, it's great for me as a basketball fan, and I can't wait to Christmas Day to see how this all looks. Yeah, I, th- I, I think Milwaukee becomes the instant favorite in the East. They do. Yep. And I, I tell you what, I think Phoenix got better because I think Nurkic brings them a physical mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. He's not the shot blocker that Aiton is, but he can score the ball, and he's a physical dude inside when healthy. Right now, I'm a big. Drew Holiday fan. Oh, me too. I, from from this perspective, toughness, defense, I and mean, he can lock people down as be, as best you can in the NBA these days. So, I mean that Portland gets that, and I think that probably hurts Milwaukee a little bit in terms of because they they like to pride themselves on being a defensive team, even with uh, the Greek Freak and now Dame. But uh, yeah, I mean we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know where he was going to go. 
you know what's amazing about the Drew Holiday portion of this is that he's on a uh, he's got one more year left on that contract, and uh, I think that he's going to be moved again. Like I don't think he ever. That's the speculation. Yeah, I don't think that he's ever going to play for the Portland Trailblazers. No, and they've already put out some kind of message that they like their young guards. They don't really want to mess up what they they're building there with their guards. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're on you're on the right track. Yeah, so I, I can't wait to see how that all shakes out. There, there's this uh, there's this side of me that kind of wants him to go back to the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. I just don't know how they do it, mm. but maybe you have to do it like this to start. And then you can get him back to Milwaukee at some point. Wow! You know? If they did that, I tell you, man, his his <laughs> jump, his jump shot is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. His offensive game at times can be maddening, but his his defensive presence mm-hmm. with toughness is as good as you have at the two two position in the NBA. Helped Giannis win his only championship. Absolutely, he did. And, so. and I tell you, the the, the part that is uh, important to this whole transaction is that Giannis has been putting out these little hints that. You know, hey, like he he put out like a couple months ago that he would play over in Saudi if if the money was right and that he wanted to be part of more championships and all of those things. They start to resonate with the uh, management group when you are when you are when you have a legendary talent like he is a legendary talent that they got lucky with. You know what I'm saying? He was not a lottery pick. You know, they got lucky with him like we got lucky with the Joker. That's right. And whatever you do, you just want to keep those guys right where they oh, are. Oh, you have to keep them. Right, right. Right. I mean, you want to sell tickets. You want to win championships. You got to make sure those guys are happy with their entire situation. And if they're not, you got to do everything within your power to make them happy. And 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 and, and I think kind of like the Joker, both of these guys were born on foreign, uh, on foreign soil and – they're, they're very they're very happy with what they have here, but the only thing that drives those two guys, the only thing that drives them is winning. And if you don't get them the kind of people around them that help them win, then you could be looking at at a catastrophe for an organization. Who, who did I see? One of was it one of the Joker's ex teammates that hypothesized that the Joker might. Be thinking about retiring sooner than later. It's not the first time oh, we've yeah, talked about see this. That. Yeah, but I, I I glanced over it and then I tried to go back to it. And it was gone, and I'm thinking, oh, I, I really don't want to think about that. But um, you know that that point has been brought up in conversations here with us and and other talk shows. And man, oh man, I hope I hope that that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I think I think when you start thinking about once again what where, where where these guys come from, right? I mean, we know that the Joker will not retire here in Denver. You know what I'm saying? Like he is not going to live here in Denver when he's done. He's going to go back home. Mm-hmm. And after you make so much money, you say, "Well, that's enough." You know, some guys will just say, "That's enough." Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm moving on to the next part of my like life. Like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, he announced this summer. He's like, "Hey, I'm playing for a couple more years. I'm gonna try to get a 2,000 yard season in there, and I'm out." And when you hear it, it sounds crazy. Wish you just said a- that before the game. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got 2,000 against us. God, he probably could if they kept throwing it to him. But oh. but I mean, when you hear it, when you hear a guy say those kind of things, you say, "There's no way that they would ever turn down the money." And then you got to realize, where are they from? Like, yeah, they, they're not lifers. They, they're not they're not they didn't grow up in this this money hungry culture uh, of, no. of the United States. They, if you if you've got one hundred and twenty five million 
stocked away in right. the bank or whatever. Yeah. That's three seasons for the Joker. Yeah. That's three seasons. That's but, but it. what I'm saying, he, he'd go back to his home country, take care of his entire family, mm-hmm. right. and be cool. Mess but, with them horses. Right. You know, but somebody like Dame Lillard, who I think is, was averaging, I think, didn't he get like a $75 million year last year or a year before? Let me check it I out. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. But you hear about those guys and then you say, okay, they were born here and they, they love the game. We got, we got guys who play, mm. you know, like LeBron is what on year 21, 22, 20. Why is he still playing? He's, he's addicted to winning championships. Right. Right. To me, so, that's so, why he's playing. You know and saying? that's why Dame, I think, would stay. Because Dame's never won it. Right. No. So right. now Dame goes to Milwaukee and looks at, he's got the Greek freak. He's like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's go. Man, can you see that one five pick and roll with them, those two dogs? Oh, I mean, man. Oh, that's going to be beautiful to watch, man. It's like watching Jamal Murray and the Joker. You know, it's it's just, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to yep. be beautiful. I, I'm, as a basketball fan, I love that trade. Yep, I, do I too. absolutely loved it. I loved it when I heard it, and then I start to think about it more often. And I'm like, man, you know what, man? That is that. That's what's that's what's supposed to happen. Like, I don't want to hear about this nonsense with uh, James Harden, right? I don't want to hear about that. Like, some, something that turns me off about the James Harden going anywhere because I don't know. It feels like at times. You know, talking about a real NBA superstar that doesn't love it at times, mm-hmm. and 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 I agree, and and and, and I just don't want to hear it. But I do want to talk about and see this Damian Lillard and Joker uh, uh, combination. I, I'm as a basketball fan, I absolutely love it, love it. Yeah, the one thing I, I did think about today, and I just very quickly wanted to ask you guys about, is sort of Portland in the midst of realizing that it just wasn't going to happen with Dame Lillard. But they they have been building through the draft. They had probably run that thing as far as they, they could. And, you know, to be honest, there's some mirroring here for the Broncos, right? Because the Broncos may get to a point where they have to make some decisions on some of the guys that they thought were bricks, that they thought they were core players. And, hey, this is just not working the way we want. We've been doing this for years, bringing these guys along. It's not working. We're going to have to reset everything. So for Portland's sake, it's probably tough. It's probably mixed emotions, I think, for a lot of those fans up there. Well, he... You know, they, they could have kept him. I mean, contractually. Yeah. That's right. They could have kept him. But I think you get to the point, like, you got to say, if you're in charge of running the team, what do, what do we accomplish by doing that? He wants out. He's given us a lot of good years, right? We did just draft back-to-back <laughs> guards. Mm-hmm. We did do that because we envision going in a different direction. So you get what you can. Now, I, I don't know in terms of draft compensation. You didn't read. I, I, I didn't yeah, see he, exactly what they get. They get two... I thought I saw two number ones. It is but, two number ones. Okay. Yeah, uh, 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first and an unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. So Portland is rooting for the Greek freak to go to yeah. Saudi before 2029. <laughs> so that first round draft choice that is like a lotto, lotto That's right. pick, right? Of course they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, it makes sense really for both sides. But yeah, I mean, very quickly, Alfred, I mean, your thoughts on, on where the Trailblazers mindset is and, and when you have to say goodbye to an all-timer like that. Oh, I tell you what, man. If I'm in Portland today, I hate the team. I mean, I absolutely hate the team, but I knew this was coming. You know, I like I knew this was coming. Like I, I when 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 Carmelo Anthony left here, you know, I I was I was ready for it. I was ready for it, right? I, I was ready. I was tired of hearing how you know he wanted to go, and 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 it happened in the middle of the season. And because it happened in the middle of the season and Carmelo was a good soldier, man, he, he, 
he made his trade uh his trade announcement I think he did it one time I think his agent did something publicly and then it was internal and then when he got moved it felt like it was the right thing it was the right time with Damian Lillard dog he spent his entire 11 year career in that organization and that's given them some amazing moments some against the nuggets I don't like it today was our first practice um you know, every one of us gets inundated with text messages of support, you know, and, and oftentimes there are people that care for you and and you, you read them sometimes and you're like, man, um, this is what we do for a living. You know, no one passed away. Um, you know, we'll get through it. And then periodically you get one or two that are just special. And, and, uh, and so every one of these guys the same way. Um, you know, you got to work your way out of this, and it starts with getting, you know, getting the first win. And you know, I said this after the game last week, and you know, the next week can't come quick enough. Um, so I, I think that's where we're at. Uh, Broncos moving on. That was Sean Payton out addressing the media today after practice. Uh, we'll get some more Sean Payton. Russell Wilson also speaking with the media. Justin Simmons back. Limited practice today. Uh, looks like Jerry Judy was limited today, and then they had uh, three DNPs uh, out there as far as the practice uh, report goes. Did not practice. Did not practice. Yeah, Frank Clark, you. Josie Jewell, and Mike Purcell all did not practice today. It's fascinating, though, as he started talking about that, like all the texts and people reaching out, and he said, look, nobody died. But I have to imagine, <laughs> I have to imagine a lot of the texts right. are kind of like that, right? I mean, right. like, I'm so sorry. This has got to be really a tough time for you guys. I, I imagine, you know, and you probably look at it and read it as though somebody kind of died. Did not make that statement yesterday. Like, hey, listen, nobody, no, nobody, you know, nobody died. We didn't go to a funeral yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, when we were watching, uh, the, the conversation that we had in the break after, uh, the Broncos, you know, lost a big game. I mean, that was a big game and they lost it, but on the stat sheet, it's one loss. It's one loss. It's not like three losses, but if you are a person who pays attention to rankings and rankings are important to you, then that becomes, uh, one of those, uh, deals that it's going to be hard to make up from, uh, if you're on the defensive side of the ball. Like there's, oh, I've, I, I've looked at it. You, you, it's going to be, it's going to be six, seven, maybe even as much as eight weeks to, Dig yourself out of that hole, and that's so, with excellent play. That's Six, with solid play, that, right? I mean, I mean, no. again, not like a shutout. Like that would rebound you pretty quick. But I'm just saying, yeah, solid play. It, yeah, it's going to take you half the season. Yeah, I mean, that's and that that's the that's the hard thing about a loss like that. But I don't care about stats. I care about wins. That's it. You know, I, I just really care about the wins and and how they come. You know, how, how, when they come and how they come. I don't care. I just want wins. You know, I'm hungry for wins. And I think the Denver Broncos are in, uh, uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're probably looking, you know, at getting a win this weekend against the Bears. But I, like you said yesterday, the Bears are probably looking at us like, we got to get a win again. We got to beat them. Got to have this one. Right, right. Like, they're, they're, we may be looking at the Bears as their, as our team's get right game. And they may be looking at us like, we got to beat the Broncos. Hey, man, you mentioned rankings. And again, I, most of the time avert my eyes mm-hmm. when it comes to power rankings. But we're talking to the number 31 and number 32 team right now versus each other this weekend. Oh, who makes that determination, the power rankings? Media members. Oh. <laughs>
Yeah. You're not wrong. Listen, man, you're not wrong. I'm not saying I love right, that stuff. Bro, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like, telling you that's what everybody like, is thinking. What is, what's, what is, what somebody's got to win this game, game of the week. Vikings are 0-3 as well. So are the Panthers, and they're playing each other. Somebody's, what number are they? Benjamin Albright joins us next. Got to be 29 and 30.